Truth and Transcendence. Brought to you by Yes, You Now with Catherine Llewellyn. Truth and Transcendence, Episode 15 Thinking for Ourselves. I've been asked to try to sum up what I think is most important for leaders to be doing right now. And in my opinion, the most important thing for leaders to be doing right now is thinking for ourselves and helping our people to do the same thing. So why do I believe that? So if you read my ebook, Why Thinking for Ourselves is a Strategic Necessity and What to Do About It, then you, then you will know exactly why I think that. It's because when I uh, interviewed a lot of people in 2020 to find out how they were coping with the whole pandemic scenario and the mitigation measures and so forth, I discovered something really, really interesting. For one thing, most people had had a difficult time of one sort or another. Not everybody, but most people. And those difficulties had been quite wide ranging, but a lot of the difficulties had been financial and a lot of the difficulties had been emotional and experiential. There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of concern. And there was a lot of belt tightening as well. And then there was a whole other group of people who were not nearly as badly affected for whatever reason that they were, they were better protected. They were better set up. They were more secure in, in all sorts of ways. So they were actually, they had an advantage because of that. But ultimately, r- across both of those groups, in both groups, the people who came out of it best were the people who thought for themselves. Because ultimately, our own choices are the only ones that satisfy in the end. No one else can give us our own choices. As one of my ex-clients said the other day, if you're sitting around waiting for someone to do your thinking for you, who's going to do that? Government can't think for us. They don't know us. No one other than ourselves can actually make our own choices for us. So as a leader, obviously, you can't make choices on behalf of other people, but you do have to make choices that affect other people. What choices are you going to make? In order to know what those choices need to be, you need to be thinking for yourself. And I know that that you are. You know, the the people who don't think for themselves don't actually tend to do nearly as well. Because you're the only person who is right there in the present moment, living the actual situation that you're in. And absolutely there, recognising what's happening with your business, how the circumstances are affecting you and your business and your project. You are right there on site. So you're in a much, in very much in the best position to assess the situation, to think for yourself and to decide what to do. And this, this really has played out in this last couple of years. And I think one of the things in, the, in these last years that's been very, very marked is that pretty much everybody has been affected by the same set of circumstances. They've been affected in different ways, 
but there's been a if you like a common enemy or a, a common difficult situation that we've all had to respond to so yes thinking for ourselves really is a very good survival uh, a very good survival technique and for leaders i believe that leaders need to be helping their people to think for themselves as much as possible waiting around for other people to make our choices for us and to do our thinking for us is a path to misery so how do we help others to think for themselves well i'll ask you how did you learn to think for yourself can you cast your mind back to your earliest memory of you thinking independently of you coming up with a perspective or a choice or a decision or a point of view that was unique to you in that moment i wonder how far back you have to go to get to the first memory of that now most of us actually started thinking for ourselves in some to some degree when we were very very young because it's a natural part of evolving and growing as a human being there comes a point where we've recognized that we are actually a separate being to those around us um i'm j- just for the sake of argument i know that there are some who firmly feel that we are all one and i tend towards that point of view as well but if we're talking about the the distinction between being being within our mother's body then being outside our mother's body and experiencing ourselves and our mother as one the one organism and then gradually reaching a point where we recognize that the mother is a separate physical being and then gradually over time recognizing that there are many different physical beings around and we are our own physical being and then over time gradually recognizing that we have a mind that can actually consider and think and come to conclusions by itself without reference to the minds of those other physical beings around us now granted depending on our background and our upbringing we may have been more or less encouraged to think for ourselves so that definitely makes a difference but right there at the beginning we had that faculty that capability that was a component in our makeup the ability to think for ourselves the the the, the equipment for it the mechanisms for it and also the drive to do it because the drive to think for ourselves is part of our survival if you look at the if you look at the human species and say to yourself well does this look like a species that that is going to survive very long on the face of it it really doesn't look good you know that our design is is weird um our spines are are the fact that we walk upright in a way doesn't make sense it it it's it's a very unstable way to move around and yet that's that's how we do it there are many things about the the human physical structure and the way we're designed that actually looks a bit uh weak not very powerful we're very we're uh, vulnerable to temperature changes we're vulnerable to alterations in our diet we're vulnerable to you know all kinds of things physically and nevertheless we've survived well one of the reasons we've survived is because we have 
enough of us have thought for ourselves well enough to come up with solutions to some of those problems. We now live way, way longer than we did when we first evolved, partly because we have roofs over our heads, we have heating, we have clothing, we have all kinds of medical support, we have uh, we we have um, differentiation of skills and and uh, functions and perform and productivity. What we're able to produce now and what we're able to have in our lives is astonishing when you look at the basic makeup of a human being. And an awful lot of that is a result of thinking for ourselves. So it's a fantastic survival strategy or tool. And right now we are in a very challenging situation. And regardless of what we think about that situation, clearly we all want to survive it and we want to come out of it and learn from it and evolve. This is a natural thing for us to want to do. So how do we learn to think for ourselves and how do we help other people? So going back to you, you will have thought for yourself as a child and you will have come through life more or less thinking for yourself in those key moments of making important decisions. If you're now a successful business owner or entrepreneur, you very likely think for yourself as a matter of course. But can you remember all of the experiences you went through that helped you to become good at that? Not just doing it as a reflex and a, and a survival strategy, but becoming actually really very good at it and, and coming up with good decisions. What are the, all the experiences you've gone through to enable you to do that? And as someone who thinks for themselves, what are your strengths in that regard? What are your frailties? What kinds of situations throw you back into a kind of a state of, of not being able to think for yourself very well? If there, if there are any situations like that, for most of us, there are. For most of us, there are certain situations, certain types of people, certain types of challenge, certain types of pressure that undermine our thinking capacities. What are yours? How familiar are you with, with yours? And what about your strengths? What sort of circumstances are there that perhaps other people might find daunting and undermining to their thinking capacity that you're actually fine with? Where do you have the edge in terms of thinking for yourself? And do you have the humility of recognizing that no matter how good at thinking for yourself you are, there's always further to go? Do you have that humility? I'm guessing you probably do. But when you're thinking about helping other people to think for themselves, staying connected to that humility is really, really helpful because it helps keep you connected to the fact that you don't have all the answers. You don't know everything about this particular topic. And the minute you think you do, then you really, really don't. Because this whole business of thinking for ourselves is about being open to the next piece of reality. It's about being available to surprises and new ideas and fresh perspectives and not limiting ourselves in that regard. So when we're trying to help other people to think for themselves, we need to remember that we're also still learning. We're also still taking baby steps in, to some extent. And are we still keeping practicing? Do we keep practicing 
thinking for ourselves. Even in situations where we don't have to do it, do we sometimes practice just for the sheer sake of keeping ourselves in trim? Because that's something as well that can really get in the way. It, when we reach a point where we're very successful, we're secure, we've got other people running our businesses and our projects for us, they are reliable, we are living in a wonderful house somewhere which is being taken care of by somebody else, the garden's being taken care of, the other house in France is being taken care of, the chalet is being taken care of, and it's all being handled for us so we don't really have to make any decisions. Now, that really is anathema to being able to think for ourselves because then really there's a risk, very definite risk that we're going to start to atrophy. So those, this is why it's always great to have a live project. It's always great to have something else that we're, that we're now doing that's our new mission, our new project. So there's a next thing which is, I think, kind of amusing which is that we all have in us an aspect of ourselves that actually doesn't want other people to think for themselves. This might seem anti-intuitive, contraintuitive, but and the reason for this, one reason is when people think for themselves, they become less predictable. And when they're less predictable, we have to stay more awake and more conscious and more um, connected in order to relate to them. So in other words, it keeps us on our toes. Do we want to have to be kept on our toes? Sometimes we just don't really want that. <laughs> Sometimes we'd much rather people just trundled along predict predictably, doing what they've always done in the way they've always done it, thinking the way they've always thought. And sometimes we'd really rather they didn't actually think for themselves. And what if they start coming up with better ideas than ours? What if they start challenging us? What if they try to do things and they mess it up and then we've got to go in and fix it? So there's a certain element of risk attached to helping other people to think for themselves. And on top of that, may, they may not want to. They may, they may really love you making their decisions for them. They may much prefer it for someone else to say, uh, right, this is what everyone needs to do. So this is what you need to do. Just do it. Some people are really comfortable with that. I mean, ultimately, it doesn't really work for their aliveness and their fulfillment. But, you know, in terms of short term gratification, for a lot of people, that is the holy grail. Somebody else is taking responsibility. Somebody else is making my choices for me. And heaven forbid I should have to think it through myself. I'm I'm relatively a, bit a free thinker, but I acknowledge to myself there are times when I'd be happy to turn around to somebody and say, look, can you just decide? Can you just handle, just handle all the thinking on this? Because I'm done. You know, I'm, I've no brain left. I'm exhausted. I just want to watch this rubbish TV I'm watching. You just handle it. You just deal with it. And I think we all have times like that. And I think that's healthy. I think that's great. So again, you know, like with all of these episodes, I'm not saying we must always be thinking for ourselves about everything in every single moment. Absolutely, we need downtime. And absolutely, we don't necessarily need our people to be always thinking everything through from scratch, 
for themselves. But ultimately, thinking for ourselves is a, is a, is a really, really effective and exciting and powerful point of leverage to help us transcend very difficult situations and to help us do that in a way where that really satisfies us, where we feel satisfied with it, where we feel fulfilled and where we can then succeed. Another thing which is helpful when we're trying to help others to think for themselves is the concept of and not or. And not or. So in these current days, there's this uh, question of um, do we agree that government should be mandating that people have a mRNA treatment, otherwise known as the vaccine? So some people are in, in an argument which says either they should be able to do that or they shouldn't be able to do that. But something that helps with thinking for ourselves is to say, well, can I see the argument for why it's good for governments to be able to do that as a mandate? And can I also see why government doing that as a mandate may not be such a good idea? Can I see the pros and cons of both? Can I see the validity of one position and the validity of the other? rather than the validity of one position or the validity of the other. And not or. So this is something that you can practice with your people in any circumstance, on any topic. So instead of always saying, which of these two ideas is better, it's what's great about this idea and what's great about this other idea. So why is that helpful when we're trying to think for ourselves? Well, the reason is because when you close down one option, you are literally closing down a channel for exploration. And therefore, you're closing down your scope and range of potential consideration. So if you want to expand your capacity for thinking for yourself, and if you, if you want your people to expand their capacity for thinking for themselves, if you if you foster this idea of exploring both sides of an argument or a conflict or a set of options or possibilities of exploring both very thoroughly, what you're doing then is you're you're exercising and stretching the thinking for ourselves muscles, and that's really very helpful. And the great thing about it is you can practice it on something that's relatively mundane and not very charged, not political. A simple question. Do we paint the ceiling pink or blue? You know, something simple. Also bear in mind, you know, that the something that might look like a, a, a simple local decision in the moment may have a much, much wider implication. So uh, any choice that you're looking at or anything that your people are considering is this something which has an effect right now? Does it have an effect in the medium term? Could it have a knock-on effect in the long term? How many people does it affect right now? How many more people could it affect? Which division of the business does it affect right now? Which other divisions could it affect? How could it affect the business overall? How could it affect other organisations that we connect with and that we relate with? How could it affect our industry? 
How could it affect our society? How could it affect our community? How could it affect our families? How could it affect our health? How could it affect our mental well-being? So spreading, widening out that exploration of implications in terms of scope and effect on the whole in terms of universality, this then is also very powerful as a way of stimulating and encouraging and and strengthening our capacities to think for ourselves. And thinking for ourselves is something which happens in the present moment. This is an interesting thing because, again, if we're living in the past and always kind of harking back to what has happened, what have we done, or, or always kind of future thinking, what if, how about, you know, what could the future be? If we're in those non-present moment thinkings, that makes it more difficult to think for ourselves. When we're right in the present moment, very connected to what's happening now and very connected to what's in front of us and what we're considering in this moment, we are much more available to bringing to bear all of our faculties and capacities and all our capabilities to really think things through for ourselves. And for you, attempting to help others to think for themselves, if you're very much in the present moment, you're going to then be so much more astute and tuned in and alert and awake to those people in front of you. And you'll be able to read them that much better, which means you will be able to respond to them more intelligently and support them more adroitly than you otherwise might be. And then another idea around this is the idea of principle as opposed to position. And this this one applies in a very obvious way to this whole um, vaccine, anti-vaccine conversation. So you could get stuck on a position, one or other, or you could explore underneath and say, well, what are the principles at play here? What principles are being drawn upon for these different polarities of positioning? And what principles are being perhaps not considered? And on the level of principle, what am I connecting to? And in fact, very often when we tune in to the level of principle, we find ourselves literally transcending a, a, a polarised argument and coming to another place where we're saying, well, actually, the argument may not even be the point. Actually, something else a bit more meaningful may be the point. And we, we get there by actually tuning into principle rather than tuning into position. Another thing to, to keep in mind when we're exploring thinking for ourselves is love. What, you might say? What's love got to do with thinking for ourselves? So if we think for ourselves with no consideration at all for our relationships and our connections with other human beings, then thinking for ourselves can become uh, a kind of ending up on our own in our fortress of truth. Thinking for ourselves with great clarity, but with no love in our lives. So it's very important to keep that in mind as we are following this path of thinking for ourselves and helping others to do that as well. To keep in mind the fact that if we do that at the cost of love and connection with others, then we miss the whole point. Very important to keep that in mind. And yeah, there are things you can do to to nurture and support people as they 
practice this. You can encourage them. You can notice when they do it well. You can give them support. You can give them coaching. You, you can really nurture them and, and you have to have a bit of patience in order to do that. And also, finally, let them see you practicing thinking for yourself. Sometimes, as appropriate, of course, let them know what you're trying to do. Let them know when you hit snags with thinking for yourself. Let them know when you have breakthroughs. Because by being human with them in that way, that helps remind them that you are all there together and you're human, they're human. It's not that you've arrived somewhere that they haven't arrived. In some ways you have, but in other ways you haven't. In other ways, this is a very qualitative thing that we're talking about here. And these qualitative aspects are are totally mutable and they keep changing and they keep evolving. So by doing that, you will really encourage them. That's very inspiring to do that, to let them know your vulnerabilities and your successes around thinking for yourself. So yes, I I really do feel that thinking for ourselves is a vital strategic necessity, as is helping others to think for themselves. And, you know, I think it's really worth doing. And it's also great fun when we really get into it. It becomes very interesting, can be a bit exhausting. But trust me, it's less boring than, than not. So I mentioned an ebook earlier on in this conversation. I was talking about um, the ebook I brought out last year called Why Thinking for Ourselves is a Strategic Necessity and What to Do About It. And um, it, it, this, is, this is really me going into this particular aspect of providing strong and wise leadership for this phase that we're in and for the next phase. So if you'd like to get that ebook, you can go to yesyounow.today forward slash thinking. So that's yesyounow, Y-E-S-Y-O-U-N-O-W dot today, T-O-D-A-Y slash thinking. And you can sign in there and get the ebook. So thank you for listening once again. Enjoy the ebook and I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Truth and Transcendence, the regular weekly podcast from Yes, You Now with Catherine Llewellyn. For more information, head to yesyounow.today forward slash podcast.